You're listening to Small But Mighty, the Niche Lawyer Podcast, a podcast dedicated to featuring solo and small firm attorneys doing big things within a specific niche and how those niches empower them to greatness. And now here's your host, Conversations Digital founder and CEO, Megan Hartroder. Welcome to Small But Mighty, the Niche Lawyer Podcast. Today, I am with Aubrey Harris, a New Orleans-based criminal defense and victim advocacy attorney. Hello, Aubrey. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. I actually, so for those who don't know, Aubrey and I actually worked together several years ago to build her new website when she launched her firm. And what have you been up to in the past few years? Or like, we could just start with the last year. I know you do a lot. I follow you on Instagram. So tell us a little bit about the great work you've been doing. Yeah. So yeah, surviving COVID and having a business during COVID, which was um, exciting, but I will say that having technology to help me and a good website is, was really critical. I had good timing of getting that in in place right before everything hit. Not that I knew it was going to, but so I've really kind of transformed my practice to doing criminal defense on low level cases really exclusively. I don't do any kind of victim advocacy stuff because I'm doing a lot of victim advocacy work. Crime, unfortunately, is particularly bad in New Orleans right now. So I'm doing mostly representing a lot of family who have their family members murdered people who have been sexually assaulted, and human trafficking. Those are kind of the main things that people come to me for. So I would say it's about 50-50 doing victim advocacy and criminal defense, which is fun. Yeah. And one of the things I learned about through working with you is that, you know, you think of human trafficking as a very separate thing from criminal charges and like the criminal defense area of the law. But through working with you, I learned that a lot of times those two things overlap a little bit. So I was hoping you could kind of tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. I think we're getting there as a society with law enforcement to not criminalize the people that are sex workers and that are victims or survivors of human trafficking. But still, certainly, I mean, the low level hanging fruit would be a prostitution charge, but oftentimes there's alcohol and drugs involved. It's a very rough trade, so there can also be um, aggravated batteries or assaults. I know I even had one case where I had a client who I had to represent for a little bit before I realized she had an aggravated battery charge and his foot got run over and she was in the car literally driving away from human trafficking people and law enforcement didn't realize it. The DA's office didn't realize it until I had to piece it together and get the detectives together and people realized she was driving away from her assailants, ran over their foot and she got arrested and charged until we got it all worked out and got those charges dropped. So these are things that people that are human trafficking survivors have to face often and need help in the criminal justice system. Wow. So that, that kind of goes a little beyond even, you know, the traditional sense of lawyering as well. So I know you do a lot of advocacy work and just Covenant House is a, a really close to your heart cause. Can you talk a little bit about how you partner with them and the type of work you're doing there? Sure. They actually kind of got me started in doing victim advocacy. I got a call about seven years ago asking for help for a human trafficking survivor. And I did that one case and kind of made a a relationship with a covenant house and got interested in doing that. And through the work with them, I realized there was actually a need 
for victim advocates. I didn't really think, I thought that was just going to be the DA's office. And I realized that in sometimes that's not necessarily the case. In theory, it should be. Also, I have clients that are trying to press charges and they're having trouble getting it through an OPD or the district attorney's office. They're having trouble maintaining um, their case properly. And so that's my job is to kind of help foster and mentor them. So it's a lot of creative thinking and work with them. I also know I do um, the sleep out to help fundraise for the Covenant House every year. That's always the weekend before Thanksgiving. And in fact, earlier today, I was this morning, I was doing a podcast, but the Covenant House and the Greater New Orleans Task Force for Human Trafficking on human trafficking to help kind of get the word out in the community community so that people can be more aware and help intervene if there is human trafficking going on to get help to people that need it. Okay, so wow, that was a lot. So backing up, what exactly is a sleep out? You said there's a big one that happens around Thanksgiving every year. What is this? Is that something that other people can participate in? Yes. And actually the Covenant House isn't just in New Orleans. It's um, all across. It's an international organization. So I know they do sleep outs throughout at least the U.S. And it's just a fundraiser. So you, you, you sleep out on the street outside in front of the Covenant House. I know sometimes people think we're doing it kind of like in mock or not. And it's not. It's actually just to learn more about the Covenant House and to kind of have a little time out and think about your community and the people that are homeless. Because the Covenant House specifically works with homeless youth which they define as 25 and under. And so when you do that, then people sort of sponsor you and they make donations in, in your name. But I mean, it all goes, I don't get any of it. It all goes to the Covenant House to help them with their, with their funding. So I think this year, the Covenant House of New Orleans generated about, I think, $700,000. It was amazing. It was a really great event. That is amazing. Once we're done, if you could send me the link to that, I'll include it in the show notes for anyone okay. interested in participating. And then... Lastly, I wanted to ask you, because I know that you went out on your own as a solo attorney, but you also have worked for other firms. You've done freelance stuff. You've done a lot of different stuff with your career, but really, really killing it as a solo. So what advice would you give to other lawyers, particularly younger women lawyers who are looking to go out solo, start their own firm? You know, I thought about this the other day and the best advice that I got, which was from another female, she's a judge now, but at the time she was a, a female attorney. And she said that not all money is worth the chase, to be frank. You know, you're hungry, especially when you first get started and you're excited and you want to do all of the, all the things. And if a client comes to you, you always want to take it. And sometimes it really does pay to be selective because if your gut tells you that's not a client you should take because they're strange, they're asking you to do things you don't feel comfortable with or whatever your spidey sense is that says that every time I have not listened to my gut, I have come to realize I should have listened to my gut. And that's a hard thing to do when you're first starting to build a practice, but I think it's choose your cases smartly and wisely and it will pay off tenfold. And adding on to that, choose your niche wisely and pick something that you really are interested in, especially kind of like what you did. You pick something you were so passionate about that, you know, I'm on the, on the front end of things. I'm sure it looked like, how am I going to actually make money doing this? Had conversations about that. Yeah, 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 we did. I was like, I don't know if I can make money doing this, but I like doing it. And, you know, like now here I am, like last week I was a uh, keynote speaker at Dillard University race and social justice seminar. They did a big seminar on sexual assault. And so I did a victim advocacy perspective on that. And I've gotten an opportunity to meet and help a lot of really amazing clients. And so I'm really happy about 
figuring out that there was this niche and going for it. And I would definitely recommend people do that. And I think that women are underrepresented in doing that as attorneys. So I would absolutely listen to your gut on that and realize that the things that may feel are different actually set you apart and are your strength, not your weakness. Well, you're a glowing example of that. It definitely shows. And thank you so much for your time today and for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to talk to you. You too.